Hello, and welcome to Bullet Points, episode 20XX. My name is Astrid Budgore. I'll be your hostess today here in the uh, Bullet Points Blue Milk Club. Uh, With me, as always, I think, is Bullet Points co-editor, Reed McCarter. How are you, Reed? I I feel good. You know, I felt kind of restricted and tied down today, but then I pushed really hard against an invisible wall and <laughs> took the post-it note off the side of my head, and <laughs> I feel free. I feel good. That's great. I feel I feel human. Oh yeah, that it's. You know, we all want to feel human, don't That's a we? Good Depeche Mode song. Yeah. <laughs> um, who else is here with us today? We have two guests to tackle a little game called Detroit Become Human by Quantic Dream, who, uh, you know, a studio with a long and storied history. Uh, Our first guest is Emma Kidwell, who is a game designer. And (laughs) (laughs) do you disagree? No, it's just weird to hear that. Emma, it's true. Emma designs games. We'll keep saying it until she stops laughing. <laughs> How are you, Emma? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to just tear into David Cage. I've been looking forward to this for years. <laughs> Literal years. And then also with us is Yusuf Cole. How are you, Yusuf? I'm good, thanks. Returning to the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, Yusuf... Uh, Yusuf's review of this game just went up today, so uh, we're just going to ask him about that for 45 <laughs> minutes. I did all the That's heavy pretty, things so you guys didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty comprehensive, so Yusuf, if you just want to like read it, and we can and just sort of hmm and ha yeah. and at the end, yeah. we'll just... Yeah, you know, polite clapping. We'll give our thoughts. At the right time. Golf clap. Flip me some snaps. Hmm. <laughs> Um, all right, so this game, uh, where do we even start with this? Um, it's an adventure game. Let's start there. Uh, it's sort of in the Quantic Dreamhouse style at this point, which is um, a lot of uh, button-tapping, quick-time style stuff, and then bits where you walk around an area and look at objects or talk to people. And mm-hmm. th- Yeah, so I think I've broken down the practicals um emotion yeah uh there's a lot of emotions to be had and uh allegories to be waded through um there's three protagonists who are all androids um and then the plot who wants to give a little summary of what this game might be about i I can i can do it i can pretend that i'm can you expound on the title uh is it about Uh, becoming human well, it's a it's a really good title because Detroit, uh, the the city in Michigan where the game takes place, um, it's that's Detroit. Mm, spoilers. Uh, not to be confused <laughs> with the Catherine Bigelow movie Detroit. I know they really confounded my Detroit when I was working in the article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I got that subtitle. Yeah, it's exactly. good, just good yeah. SEO. Uh, and uh, become human is because it's about these androids who. In uh, it's what is it twenty thirty something? I think 30, twenty thirty eight. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, which seems pretty optimistic, but whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's near future. Everything looks like a Deus Ex game, like one of the modern ones. Um, yeah. Uh, everything's sleek and technology has advanced and the biggest thing is that uh what's it called cyber life cyber life yeah for a company that's essentially like google's on ama amigle (laughs) um it's like the mega corporation that's made these robots uh sorry androids damn you already messed up I know sorry you should just have a counter somewhere (laughs) yeah somebody tabulate (laughs) Um, they're androids and they are functionally human beings except they can like tap on themselves and then you see that they're made of plastic yeah plastic and metal their skin and potentially not their clothes I don't think but like their skin is like I guess a hologram I couldn't tell if it was a hologram or if it was a nanomachine machine thing yeah it sort of like slides away in a very strange and surprisingly unexplained way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the twenty thirty. Resolutely unexplained way. It's like <laughs> yeah. we're gonna know why. It's just a thing we do and it's fine. One of the many <laughs> one of the many fruitful ambiguities that Detroit offers up. Uh, but the, um, so I think yeah, it's about androids that want to become human is what you're saying. Yeah, but I think the the key thing here is the way it's framed is that androids are for sale as people buy them. Um, I guess they're affordable to regular people, and they essentially make them like Roombas that talk and have feelings. Although um, there's actually a Roomba in the game too, so they're, yeah, they're that was... they buy a robot to turn on the Roomba <laughs> essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's like humans having like a pet monkey, you know. It's just or is it like it's just a, is it, a show of force? Is it like um, is it like slaves? Uh, okay, well the robots. Oh. No, sorry, the androids. <laughs> that's that's our, <laughs> This is good. This is gonna be that's good. That's our. <laughs> <laughs> that's our, ne- our next thing here. This shouldn't be complicated to explain. Essentially, they're a giant like metaphor for all forms of oppression, but because this is set. <laughs> In Detroit, it's specifically uh, uh, the like history of slavery and the civil rights movement is turned into androids, which is um, sort of like a yeah. I, I am, we'll get into this. There's a lot to discuss, but <clears throat> it's um, sort of the catch-all idea is that these androids are not treated uh, as they're not given the sort of like full rights that they deserve um even though they're functionally identical to human beings right um and somehow that's supposed to be a moral quandary and it's it's just like this weird broad super kind of ill-conceived thing that runs throughout the entire game and so the robots have a revolution and yeah and you get to make choices which is another big oh (laughs) you make a lot of choices in this game yeah, yeah. Uh, it should be called Decide Become Human. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so the the meat of the game is the Android Revolution stuff, um, and that is mostly the story of Marcus, who mm-hmm. is uh, played by Jesse Williams, who is an actual actor. Uh, though th- he mm-hmm. is not, I would not say this is like a plum role for him. 
he actually he's pretty bad and I don't really know if that's because he had to sit in a booth recording like 600 variations on a given scene or just because it's badly written in general but he well there's a lot of strange decisions um I think on everyone's part but I think he's the most his story has the most weight to bear um, well, should we kind of open this up to because there's so much, so many different aspects of this thing, and I feel like it'd be really easy to kind of get bogged down. Yeah, in you're each right. Details. So yeah, so there's maybe to to kind of like leapfrog off that kind of thing. Maybe I'll ask Emma first. Um, just sort of like the blanket. Like, did you enjoy this <laughs> game? Like the just as a broad, like as a story that you. Or as an ex, you know, quote unquote experience when you when you sat down to play through this thing, what um, did you think? That's that's where I feel really conflicted about it because as a story, because it's hard, right? Because you have three different stories leading up to you know the main overarching narrative of the robot. Damn it, Android, um, <laughs> the Android Revolution. It's really hard, um, and it's not that I didn't enjoy playing the game because it did surprise me. This is, I think, Quantic Dreams and probably David Cage by extensions um, their best game. Uh, It's just weighed down by David Cage's terribly just ham-fisted writing and directing because it plays really well and it's fun to play and despite some characters not really having a lot of um, depth to them. I still enjoyed, you know, making them, you know, pressing X to do this. Um, yeah. And it feels weird to say that I enjoyed playing this game just because there's so many things wrong with it because I think it's a game that wants to be taken seriously. If you look at the marketing, like um, when I'd see TV spots for it, uh, it would just say, you know, you decide, like, our story. And it's really hard to you know turn on my ps4 and then immediately be greeted with like the the subtle storytelling of all androids stand at the back of the bus because boy Mm -hmm. now i know what i'm in for um i think i think overall i would say that i did enjoy it which and then again it's just i go on that like roundabout circle where i feel like i have to justify why i like it no i mean but that's yeah like in the sense that like oh you know I was going to say, like, that's part of why I want to kind of start with that, because I was thinking as well of uh, Yusuf and his review, which I'll link, because we'll probably, I'll probably mention that because it's kind of fresh on my brain, and it's good. Um, like, Yusuf, you mentioned, too, that, like, you know, there there is something to these games, and there is something to this where you have an action sequence or something, or someone jumps out at you and you have to fight them, uh, or escape something, and you know the the way that they implement these kind of you know the quick time events that they've always had where you have to hit the right button at the right time in a fist fight or you know jam your controller up in the air like a goofball <laughs> in the middle of nowhere um to like jump or something like all of that stuff is pretty exciting like yeah. for lack of a better word like it's it's competent in and more so like Emma was saying like more so than the last few games I think um but yeah, you know, I'm... Well, it ex- would, oh, sorry. 
no, um, no. No, that just reminds me of like the the newer mechanics that they've added. Like even just the switching it up from I'm not always pressing X. I'm like also you know throwing my controller in the air or um, the mechanic that they added with uh, what was his name Connor um, going back in time sort of to piece together uh, clues in your detective work. Mm-hmm. Uh, really broke up all the monotony, I guess, of the rest of um, mm-hmm. their stories. So that is also like a good part of this game is that it basically took all of the parts from previous Quantic Dream games to an extent and then expanded on it and made it better and then mm-hmm. just, you know, broke all of that down with the very subtle writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yusuf, what do you think the same kind of question is with Emma? Just like, um, you know, approaching it as a as a whole as something you just said and played through what did you think yeah i'm definitely in the same boat like so i've long been kind of an apologist for cage's games like because they're just <laughs> terrible but they're yeah. also there's some of the few games that you can play in a group or with like i mean my wife really likes them because they are very straightforward and like also fun to watch like you can play with an audience and I think that's there's mm-hmm. so few games that are like that that I'm like anytime that comes out I'm just like starving for that content. Um, yeah. And I think it's good. I think it's a really cool way to like make an interactive experience because it's a, it is a story and like maybe it could have been a TV show, but um, you know if you're just like it's not as passive. So like you're just you're constantly being like triggered to to stand up and say McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> to reference the stupid <laughs> um, patent from Sony, um, but I don't know. Like it's, it just feels, it feels like I'm more involved in, what, in what's going on, and like even when, it, even though it's co- like everything it built set up in the game is kind of like built to, I guess to it to make you like want to just protect your character from being mangled most of the time <laughs> like it's just kind of a base tactic that works really well to just like keep you invested despite like what would, what would normally be something that you'd be like really like kind of glazing over experiencing that's yeah that's a really good point i think that kind of speaks to because like when you were saying this you know if this was a tv show i would not have watched it i think i watched like the first um, episode maybe and then been like yeah yeah mm-hmm. give it a, i'd be probably with this if it was the same marketing i'd be morbidly curious to see what this thing was <laughs> um but like yeah just that basic thing of like i don't know on westworld i don't i don't give a shit about dolores and cyclops from the x-men um but if i had to protect them in some way or not not protect them but you know if you're in control of them doing things and can funnel their dialogue in certain ways it just automatically is going to make you more invested and i wonder if david cage has gotten away with that with with some of the stories in the past is yeah these are pretty rote stories that he's telling but i don't know the level of interaction makes it just more intriguing than it should be um i think that I didn't have much interest in what is beyond 
I keep wanting to say mm. beyond and become are two <laughs> words yeah, they're that very are easily to mixed up. <laughs> the beyond two humans. Yeah, that game didn't interest me as much because it seemed like uh, his sort of like fixation on like uh, folklore from uh, people who are not French, let's say, uh, taken to like an extreme. Native yeah. <laughs> He mm-hmm. sort of makes a hash of that stuff. But Heavy Rain, I think, was... Even now, there aren't a lot of games that are, like, mysteries that are produced in that sort of uh, attention-grabbing way. I don't know how to describe it, but, like, you can never really not pay attention to what's happening because you're always having to tap a button or make a choice or do something. And it, it does keep you engaged with the game it maybe makes the game more exhausting uh to just sit and play for long periods of time but it does Mm -hmm. that genre combined with this approach i think really works and that is why the connor stuff in detroit is the best stuff in the game i think um Mm -hmm. connor is like the sort of he's basically a blade runner that hunts deviant (laughs) deviant androids um yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, him and his partner uh, Clancy Brown they um, go around and like reconstruct crime scenes and uh, Connor's been assigned to the case by Cyberlife because I guess that's something they can do and then his relationship with Hank, his partner, is sort of fraught depending on what you do in the game but that stuff I think is the most interesting because it's like a really hooky genre approach and then the sort of like granular gameplay like yeah, they work he, well together yeah. he's always like borrowing from genre like i mean he's just like right he's like a worse tarantino like where he's just basically <laughs> i saw a movie i'm gonna make it again um yeah uh, more polished and like yeah he, but he, the best he, he's best at it when it's like just uh, like a csi style um mm-hmm. just like police procedural and, yeah but when yeah. he tries to like do anything else it's just like so awkward I mean, even, like, yeah. the car mm-hmm. stuff isn't as bad as Marcus, but it's also, like, definitely not my favorite thing to to experience because, like, 90% of it is, like, help cards not be abused. <laughs> um, and it's yeah. just, like, so awful to play <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I, uh, no, sorry. Good. No, I mean, yeah, the the car stuff is this android who is, a, is, like, a made android, essentially, that gets bought by this guy who, like, you can practically smell like this guy's shittiness through the screen. He's like such a I don't Reed told me to look out for this character before I started and he is truly something. I forget what his name He's, even is, but <laughs> I think it's Carl. Uh Todd or Todd. Yeah, I think it's Todd. is okay. it Todd? Yeah, yeah, Todd is like this abusive dad Purpose. who <laughs> He's so she works for this abusive dad basically, and he has a daughter that she bonds with remarkably quickly. Um, I think it's the second time you play her. He he flies off the handle and like is about to like. I guess he's about to assault Alice, the kid, and then she steps in after like breaking her programming. But um, the implication in the beginning is that this happened a lot, and he destroyed Kara like the previous model so he bought a new one there is a little more to that story which they're able to keep from you and i might maybe i did something wrong here but there's a 
there's like an object in Alice's room that you can pick mm-hmm. up, but it doesn't show you what it is. It, it's like a reverse it's angle on. of her looking at it. So you see the back of this piece of paper. Are you, are you supposed to like press a button to like look at the... No, okay. you're not supposed to because it, it helps with the... Right. Helps with the end. Yeah, so boy, at the, is that just make it worse. At the end, the big twist is that they show you what she was looking at earlier, which reveals the nature of Alice. And I'm just... That bit sort of really confounded me, but... It's so confounding. Yeah, because it's like, why didn't... A, why didn't she know what was going on? B, why did no one else... Well, char- like, like a- characters ask you, uh, like, do you know if something's different about yeah, this the- Alice? Yeah. She can either say yes or no. Like, how could you say it's- no? Yeah. You looked I- at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I mean, and we're- also your partner that you meet later on. Uh, Luther. What was his name? Mm. Luther. He, uh, I think towards the end when he reveals the nature of Alice, it's just like, you just didn't want to see. Yeah, it's like, so, uh, you didn't show me how about that (laughs) and the idea that at that point you can be like oh never mind i don't like her anymore (laughs) she grosses me out she's a robot like me i've actually i really want to find the time to play through this again and just play as the biggest pieces of shit that can make these characters it can get pretty bad so like i watched yeah things which is always very but uh the car stuff does it's a little uncomfortable um i i actually like at the end of the game they were the only two characters that I was like really invested in seeing through. But also that's sort of a gimme when you have like a mother figure and a frail mm-hmm. child. Like he didn't there's no real coup in making you care about those two. Well, yeah, and I mean it's their goal is so simple in Yeah. I mean, I I think this is pretty uh awful. Um in just myriad ways, but their goal is to get to Canada. Um, what, spoiler would you love alert! That? That's that's uh, yeah, because in the 2030s, Canada, which uh, has the longest undefended border with America in, in the world, has no problem with androids. We figured it out. Um, so you guys aren't even allowed to have androids, are are you? I, something like that, yeah, because yeah. that's how it works. Like y'all cases. voted, hey, no androids for us, and everyone just listens. Every yeah. single person is a law. It's an amazing country. Yeah, and and <laughs> nobody here uh, said, you know, it sure would nice be nice to have one of these robots <laughs> <laughs> that all these Americans In have. America's uh, called we androids. Just... I get, you know, I get the translation issue, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry, <laughs> sorry. That's a it's sort of like a British yeah. uh, American kind of thing. Um, it's well, I mean, it's like we don't have like Hulu here. Mm, yeah. um, we're not allowed to have it, so I guess it's like Androids as well. <laughs> um, region, region. Anyway, so the whole yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. They can come over, but then you get a season desist notice. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so their their whole thing is that they're trying to get here because everything will be fine once they're here. Um, you know, and if you, I think, know anything about the world um you can see what they're trying to reference there and it's uh so they they make this the underground railroad where uh that's their storyline is they're trying to get over here and it's it's them kind of like hiding from the authorities and being smuggled places and it's yeah 
it's it's stuff that I think is so see that's the thing about this game is like it is like his other ones and he has this problem where it's like oh you're having fun and it's schlocky and it's whatever and you're like okay whatever you know I'm having a good time here I don't care if this is really kind of like hackneyed but then he goes too far you know yep. he, he like does things where you're just like like come on man <laughs> like just think for just a second about what you're saying here like what this is where you're saying this is the 2030s and I guess racism is over he's 100% that dude though now, white dude in the creative writing class he's like oh, took a history yeah. class and he's like oh my god I got this <laughs> yeah and it's just it's uncomfortable and it's you know I, I can see why this is one of these games where it, it seems like it has this split where you know the traditional press is saying this is great and other people are saying like because mm. so, it's like at times both the worst and the best thing he's done yeah um, he I shouldn't say he because it's the entire studio but yeah you know, he has I did want to outsize control over it yeah I was going to qualify that a little because like Quantic Dream obviously is a studio, but David Cage is like the sole writer credited on the game. So there's like, one other. There's a British guy, I think, on this one. Is there? Who Didn't I think he, was wasn't he kind of brought in as a? I wouldn't say a sensitivity reader, but wasn't he brought in to not. kind of? <laughs> or maybe he was. He, he was. <laughs> well, He's a British he, guy. He did a terrible yeah. job. But, I imagine yeah. the idea was someone you know at maybe at sony or or whoever was like you need a native english speaker on this Mm -hmm. to kind of go through this dialogue and that's fair but like he up a bit to my knowledge he took several years to write this script like solo or virtually solo or mostly it certainly bears all the marks of his previous work um so i think this is one of those cases where like Crediting it to the guy himself is probably fine. Uh, the studio culture at Quantic Dream is another question, um, but we can get into that later, I think. Well, I think, yeah. Sorry, I kind of feel like I led us astray as no, well. No, I, mean, I think we were just... We, we could talk about Marcus a little bit, I guess, since we're talking all the... Yeah, we should Ooh, get into old we Marcus. We should talk about Yusuf, Marcus. Yusuf, do you want to talk about Marcus? Sure. Uh, <laughs> so... It's like basically, remember Jesse Williams? Like he gave some like stirring speeches a couple of years ago during Black Lives yeah. Matter, and yeah. he was on ER, <laughs> and that's all I got about him. But I think that's all. <laughs> no, it was <laughs> David Cage also got about come him on, too. Come on, be a, um, be a real journalist. It was Grey's Anatomy. Oh yeah, Grey's Anatomy. What am I saying? Wow, that's pretty bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I hope yeah, Dr. Nackle doesn't should feel this. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but, yeah, basically, he... His story is he was basically, like, a house Negro. <laughs> like, he, like, had a really good master who was, like, taking really good care of him, and then um, his insanely jealous son <laughs> rolls up and just, like, r- wrecks oh, yeah. everything immediately, as yeah. you'd expect. Like, all the humans in this game are just, like, cardboard monsters, where they're just like, I'm a human, I hate robots so much! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so he just wrecks everything, and you get this, like, um, cool Terminator scene where he has to, like, um, cannibalize other robots. Which kind of reminds me of Ex Machina a little bit. I actually like yeah. that scene. 
Um, yeah, yeah that just because it was cool. it was cool I like looking. The, with the sound design for that scene a lot, where you like can't hear yeah. through your audio until you get your your earpiece in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it works for all the other organs. It was nice, and then it gets a and lot then he less. Gets, nice. And then he puts on his cape <laughs> at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, the, yeah. it's like a canted shot of him like striding past a cape that's like hung on a piece of metal. Like yeah, there's no clo- why are there clothes there? It's just robots, <laughs> androids. I'm just gonna call them robots. I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah. He escapes and he finds Jericho. I guess one of the junked androids tells him, tells him about it, which is like this resistance android um, uh, group that is in some like shipping uh ship shipping container ship and he yeah. goes on to like lead their movement either non-violently or violently to i guess to get ro- like rights for the androids and like um you do a lot of couple <laughs> missions in that in yeah. that direction you also meet a uh minka kelly android <laughs> who is <laughs> expressly Layla. there for uh, for just eye candy Lila. to then have a romantic relationship with um, what I really lo- what I love about her so cuz I've seen it twice now cuz I played it my wife played it and like every single time like you like cuz we both did peaceful even though I kind of wanted her to do like um, the like bad mode where you just like shoot everything but it's so obvious that you should do peaceful, <laughs> like in every yeah. res- yeah. like basically like every part of the game reinforces that you should do peaceful because like the more peaceful you are, the more good things happen. Like it's just like you're like, mm-hmm. oh, the, I'm not the, dead. I yeah. guess I should keep doing this, and it's working out great. Uh, but then she's always like, no, kill them, kill everybody. I hate humans. Yeah. Like <laughs> shoot, and then you're like, no, <laughs> like you just like totally <laughs> patronize her the entire time. And then by the end of the game, she's like, "I love you." I don't know why. <laughs> like you, it's like we couldn't uh, even get like the Dragon Age friendship, like relationships, right, where she could at least not <laughs> like you, like for completely yeah. sure, all her ideas the entire game. Yeah. Um, um, yeah anybody, so that's did tough anybody is... play um, like Malcolm X version of yes. <laughs> Jesse Williams? Yes. So let me tell you about what happened to old Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we may have gotten the same. Okay, nice. Because this was I'm fucking. Gonna... This was really a blessing because I hate Marcus and <laughs> his whole story. His whole story goes he like sucked. zero to a hundred so quickly. Like you, yeah. You break into one fucking facility and then he's on TV giving like a speech <laughs> about equal rights. By the way, I don't know what Jesse Williams is doing with his voice in that scene, but I picked like intimidating, <laughs> and for some reason he was like. We want equal rights. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? But, um. You talk like that. <laughs> anyway, there's like a scene where you sort of stride down the street and, like, are suddenly. Like, initially you have to, like, touch other androids to convert them, basically. And he's like, you're free now. And then later you just sort of, like, walk down the street pointing at people. Yeah. And they're the like, I'm free. Did. I know. And then there's, like, a little bit of a riot. And I sort of just stopped doing the prompts, and then he gets, like, knocked to the ground, and then everyone else is like, Marcus, and then he just commits suicide. What? <laughs> Wait, what? W- wait, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, Hold he, on. Uh, Hold on. He's, like, he's not been, like, I don't think he's been, like, fatally injured. He gets shot, like, three times, which I think a lot of the androids get shot more than that and survive, but he's basically, like, he can't get captured, so he shoots himself. And from then on, what? 
there's really nothing to do with Jericho except at the end of the game, it's North who is in charge instead of Marcus. Uh, oh, so I just got I his ass. Wow. wow. Yeah, he yeah. he's gone. I didn't. I yeah, also yeah. did not entertain North's advances. There's like a scene where they're on a rooftop, mm-hmm. and I'm. I was pretty much like, no, uh, I have to yeah. go back. I gotta go. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, like uh, the scene the scene really feels gutted when you do that like it's visibly <laughs> not an option they expected you to take i i wanted to see it because i wanted to see if david cage was going to indulge oh, his the, sex uh, scene, the awkward sex scene yeah his oh, his good, yeah. penchant for eroticism <laughs> no, he's, very, he's very restrained yeah yeah he's uh, so admirable much. but yeah my marcus he offed himself pretty early on so it was basically yeah. connor and kara after that yeah and i also so it sounds so like it, you had a good playthrough then. yeah because i know some of the stuff that happens with him later and it seems really stupid yes. yeah i was i was gonna say emma you should maybe a good yeah, way to get do? into this marcus stuff is to talk about what happened in each of ours because that may illuminate um, some of this yeah so i projected a lot of myself onto Marcus at first because it ended up being that I thought I'd really like Marcus a lot and I'd hate Connor and it's just completely different. I love Connor. He's the most interesting android. Um, mm-hmm. With Marcus, I tr- was a very... I took the peaceful and pacifist approach because I wanted the public to like me. If you get, you know, if you get the journalists to like you, you're saved, which is essentially kind of what happens, which is weird (laughs) considering some of how Quantic Dream treats (laughs) some journalists. Um, More on that later. Uh, Damn, that's true. I should have written that down. Yeah, I've been thinking about this all day, so I've been thinking about Marcus a lot, too. He, I think... I completely rejected North's advances because I'm trying to save my people. Right. I can't have romance on the old circuit board. Um, (laughs) And I think I pretty much did an okay job um, until about the end. uh, When you're escaping Jericho, uh, because who are the... He had two other android buddies. You had... um, the blonde-haired android one that looks like a lot of the other service androids, which had yeah. me really confused. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you don't the have old navy model. Okay. Yeah, there's just two androids yeah. that are. They're like your angel and devil androids on yeah, your shoulder. Yeah, on the shoulder. <laughs> um, they survived, but North just got destroyed. <laughs> she just—I didn't. I wasn't expecting that to happen at all. I wanted to go back for her just because I wanted to see what would happen if all three androids lived. She just got shot in, straight in the forehead. Oh wow! So you didn't um, have any uh, wow. uh, chance to re- rescue her? I, I, they gave me the option. Well, well, the dialogue option. So I jumped back across and tried, and then she just got shot. And they were like, "No, Marcus, come back." And he was like, "Okay." Damn. So he, and then um, at the very end, when you're talking to the, when you decide that you're going to keep peacefully protesting and the what is it, the FBI kind of pull back, but then the guy, the head of the FBI comes up to you. And like a fool, I trusted him. And so I didn't realize that by trusting him, I was essentially uh, kind of throwing my people under the bus. Mm -hmm. Oh. I don't know if it was just the language wasn't clear enough or I was just 
not paying attention at that point because I just hated what was going on so much. But um, you get stabbed in the back, uh, and then the FBI agent goes, Haha, you are the last remaining kinds of your people, and we're eradicating you. So it's like a weird little message on mm. wiping out a, a group of people. Uh, so that was fun. And then you get shot in the head, and Marcus just died. Whoa. Uh, but. So the good ending. <laughs> it was kind of good, I guess, because he, like, gave himself up, because I keep calling him Robot Jesus. Um, he sacrificed himself, and even though all the androids are gone, the public opinion of androids is Super not good. Super high. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I did it. <laughs> That's a, a great way to uh, make your point. If every everyone dies, but the public, um, so that's well, that's can, pretty different yeah. from mine. What happened to yours, Yusuf? You guys are bad at there's like a whole firefight and I everything. Survived, and he gave a good talk at what? the end, the speech. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, same as me. Yeah, just to the peaceful route. Um, I didn't say yes to the FBI guy. <laughs> um, and then, Smart. oh my god, I love it. Like when they corner you, you could like kiss North. And then they're like, oh, and then they're going, right. oh my god, two androids kissing. It's convinced us <laughs> to stop attacking them. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like worse so like, than you can imagine all, really. appearing in like a Disney movie. It's so cheesy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then like he gives a talk. I also like kind of um, had Connor just side with him because I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> like I could talk about that briefly where it's like, you know, like Connor's oh, yeah. thing is interesting where. I talked about him in a piece where he's like a cop and everyone else is basically criminals and he's like so he's on a different side to them his goals are across purposes and then like and that's interesting because like at some point you're chasing one of your characters and you're like dude what am I doing yeah um, like I shouldn't <laughs> I don't want to ch- catch her yeah <laughs> um, and then but and it's fine like it kind of it definitely steers you until the very end where you're like I basically get to the point where I track down Marcus in his boat, like as Connor, and then you walk into the room and you're like, "I got you." And then like it's just like you're both you're choosing both of their dialogue options, <laughs> and like mm-hmm. but then like Marcus is like, um, it's like uh, intimidate. It's like I can see what you're choosing to say, Marcus. I'm the other guy. <laughs> why why would I like fall for that in any way? <laughs> like there's no point in having this dialogue. Like at least in the yeah. apparently in the violent um, version, like because I, I watched that, you can at least it's a very similar to like that Batman or that um, Injustice Two game where you basically choose a side. Like you're just like I'm gonna either fight as Marcus or fight as Connor. So you couldn't mm-hmm. pursue you can That's pursue the game to the point where like you just want Connor to win. Um, but his ending kind of sucks because basically if he wins, then Cyberlife is like great job, we've replaced you. Yep. Yeah. Oh. That's what I got. Is after I didn't Did any of you oh sorry. I was gonna say I did uh I shot North because she's a terrible character. <laughs> and then yeah, Connor shows up in like his fucking dream palace or whatever. And they're like, Great job, buddy and then there's like a new Connor who's like a foot taller. Version <laughs> 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 two solved the problem with the original model yeah (laughs) god um so how about you Reed? what was your ending well did any of you get the thing where connor goes to the like uh stock house 
stockhouse is a bad word the warehouse yeah, the warehouse with um all the same model of android oh, yeah. yeah and then did they you? do that great like twin doppelganger thing did you succeed Connor. in that oh yeah oh good me too Oof. <laughs> it was i succeeded yeah. for for the cause and convinced clancy brown that i was the right one because i knew the name of his dog uh, and his dead uh, son spoilers oh, yeah, and, and his <laughs> the dead dog son. is the this more is... important thing yeah, the dog is the best the character. In really the dog is oh, yeah, massive. Yeah, the dog is giant. Extremely unhealthy. <laughs> but like, I didn't understand um, why that worked because he does. It's basically the same. The, the the cliche setup where it's like, oh my god, you're exactly the same person. Uh, I can't pick between you. Who knows me better? But then, like, didn't his memories all get uploaded to Cyberlife? Like every single one of That's them. That's what I thought too. Yeah, because each yeah. model only has like a slight memory loss. Like each time he comes back. Oh, yeah. After getting shot in the head by Hank. Yeah. Did everyone get shot in the head by Hank, though? When was that? When did that happen? No. On the riverbank, he, like... No? It's after the Tracy is at the club. Oh, You, like, wow. meet him on the riverbank. And my partner... Oh. Yeah, my partner played that part, and they got really trigger-happy. <laughs> and, like, just blasted the Tracys. And then... Yeah. On the riverbank, suddenly, suddenly Hank is like, you know what? I like androids now. And he's like, <laughs> then he starts getting mad at Connor. Like, he's yeah. like, didn't you feel anything? And then mm-hmm. no matter what you say in that scene, you get shot in the head. And then Au contraire, I actually, my my playthrough, I had shot to Tracy. I know, I'm sorry. But I'm like, I'm a cop. <clears throat> this is, I'm going to do what a cop does. Uh, yeah, play. I had a bunch of locked options. Oh, okay. In this dialogue scene, so I think I oh. I fucked myself. Maybe if like you're when you like because before that you go to his house and there's like a bunch of important things you have to look at. Yes. Um, that yeah. Yeah. Friend, extra friends, but um, yeah, yeah. So I, I killed Tracy, which was like in the scene where you go, of course, to a sex worker club of androids because uh-huh. it's about androids. So you got to cover that ground, and um, there's basically two sex workers like uh, and androids like strangle a client and then run away and you kind of have the choice to like spare them or not mm-hmm. um and yeah it went re- it goes so bad when you shoot them you're like oh man yeah because like one dies and the other oh. one's like i don't want to live anymore and then she uses your uses your gun to kill herself <laughs> <laughs> and then it hangs face and that's so good he's like what yeah. the fuck <laughs> i don't even yeah. think reed and i Reed and I failed miserably at this, the sex club. Oh, did you not uh, get the footage? <laughs> S- struck we, out at the sex club. I got, I got, um, I got really distracted the entire time because I think I just kept misunderstanding where I needed to go, and then yeah, me too. All of a sudden, I don't do well under pressure, so I could, I just saw the timer, and it's like, well. Yeah. Timers were so stressful. I hate all timers. They were. I failed a lot of yeah. Connors. Um, I hate the you know invisible what? timers too. There's a lot of invisible stuff. Timers. Yes. I was going to say though that I think actually that that was something I appreciated because it did genuinely bum me out that it was just like oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't figure this out in time, and so I missed yeah. like a big clue wow. on the investigation. Yeah. Which yeah, because I missed a lot, and it it really came to bite me in the ass at, towards the very end when you're trying to figure out where where Jericho is and then that's kind of when you can see how all of the bigger choices that you've made yeah this mm-hmm. like this is the singular moment oh okay this is when it makes well this is when it actually matters so that 
I think was done really well. Yeah. Are you mm-hmm. referring to the evidence room? <laughs> Yes. What did, yes. Oh yeah. How did you? That was one of my favorite. Get the information. <laughs> it was really good because uh, well, you only had what five, ten minutes. Yeah. yeah five if that. Um, the only thing that I could do was uh, so when you're Connor investigating the right after Marcus leaves his creepy message to the world, um, you have those three androids mm. and I figured out which one was deviant and I took him back he exploded but I because <laughs> mm-hmm. I made him too scared and then so you can reactivate him <laughs> for a couple minutes if you take another piece of that very first android from the demo Okay. Um, you can like rip out a part of his body and then put it into the other part because yeah. androids and uh, yeah. yeah they're just like Legos <laughs> um and at first, it doesn't work because he recognizes, like, once you activate him, he recognizes, like, oh, I don't recognize your voice. Get away from me. I'm not telling you where Jericho is. And then you can listen to Marcus's uh, yeah. speech, His and then speech. you can you can record that and then talk in Marcus's voice. And then you trick him, and then he's so sad, and then he dies. <laughs> and then you find out where Jericho is. But it took me so long to get to that because I was frantically going through the little evidence I had because I was so shitty at being yeah. a robot detective. Yeah. Um, did anybody else uh, decapitate one what? of decapitate one of the Tracys to trick the other Tracy into talking to you uh, yeah. <laughs> no. by holding her severed head in front of your face and speaking what? through her mouth? So I had both what? of the both of them were sort of lined up there and so you Wait, were you playing you wake a tank in this? scenario no i was connor oh they brought a new one in oh um the uh the the one of them won't talk to you because she's like oh you shot my girlfriend and uh i wanted to kill myself so like don't wake me up and so connor's like looking around and then you can tear off the other one's head and then he just sort of like (laughs) holds it in front of his own head (laughs) which i'm not sure how this tricks her like is i don't know if she can like not see or something but Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's how you get the information. You're like, I want to go to Jericho now. And she's like, oh my God, it's you. I thought you were dead. And then she tells you. And then you're like, it was me. And then she <laughs> she dies in torment. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal. She's like, please let's hold my hand. And you're like, sorry. Yeah. Bye. Go. Don't have any hands. Yeah. Just I mean, I gotta yeah. say, it was so fucked up, but also one of my favorite parts. <laughs> that game yeah that's sort of like really that really out there shit i think is really it works it's like amusing and like i think just the fact that you can like do that is kind of good (laughs) i don't know yeah i like the sound of that that sounds like it's actually kind of i don't know well it's also why yeah there's no because he's like so conflicted or you're conflicted yeah because like he has bad goals but he's like yeah. a cool dude. I think that the I, Connor storyline is really the only one that makes you actually think about how to treat these people, androids, mm-hmm. whereas the other two are sort of trying to force you to do it a certain way. Yeah, and I mean, I felt a bit too, like, I think the, the performance of Connor's stuff, the actor who plays him, uh, is... At first, I was like, "Oh, this is really bad." The, inter- the interrogation uh, scene and the 
jail was so bad. Yeah, that that one does yeah. not hang together. <laughs> no, but over time though, it's like what I started thinking about a lot with this and who knows. I want to write something about this at some point is I think like when you have robots like the Kara robot and uh Marcus and North and all of these ones, they're just like they're just people. You know, there's especially in a video game where it's they're all CG, yeah. so you see them next to you know quote unquote humans, and it's like oh they're all identical, <laughs> and the performances of them like Kara was just a person, you know, and I I know that's part of the point is to be like look at you know they're how could you treat them like slaves when they're like this? Um, I didn't. But that's such that's I'm. Well, I was going to say only like a monster would <laughs> treat them. <laughs> because there's just, to me, there's like, there's no moral choice. It's like the same as like the whole first season of Westworld where it's like interrogating, well, is it okay to like torture these robots? And it's like, well, no, it's not okay because they're fucking like crying and screaming. It's horrible. <laughs> like they're people. Like you have to be a sack of shit to think that's okay. But like the Connor stuff, it was like he was kind of weird and alien like he seemed you know like he had that kind of stilted way of talking and his eyes seem a little bit more kind of like vacant so it's like you're mm -hmm. reminded that he's as lifelike or whatever as he is he's not human and like it yeah it it sort of portrayed that thing of like oh that would be something that people would be very conflicted about rather than like oh here's this robot woman who can raise your child wonderfully and <laughs> you know like these these characters who are just yeah are full i think the Kara the Kara stuff leans on her being like ostensibly a woman as opposed to like being an android mm -hmm. yeah and yeah that stuff too is i think another big problem with this game is and again something well, i've seen it a few places now uh, in reviews in uh, articles about this game, I know Heather Alexander wrote a good piece about David Cage, uh, you know, or Quantic Dream, whatever, trying to write women. And Yusuf mentioned this in his review as well. But you know, her whole story is she's human because she can raise a child well. Yeah. You know, like, or, or she has maternal feelings. Yeah, and in a game about um, like this game, never really gets into like. Uh, augmentation or like body modification or really transhumanism at all which I felt like is a big missed opportunity like even those Deus Ex games were like about I mean it was a similarly I think blunt like civil rights metaphor about like augs and stuff but just that territory I think is more interesting in, than like here are two separate like here's androids that look like people and here's people and like they're basically kept at arm's length from one another well that that first deus ex one like the of the reboot or whatever prequel ones mm -hmm. i think did a, a much better job of not trying to i think i don't know this is definitely not anything new to say but using uh like robots or <clears throat> like elves or you know superheroes as analogs for uh oppressed peoples is not going to work it's just mm -hmm. not going to work that's not it's kind of apples and oranges and it's not as clever i think as a lot of 
genre writers think it is. Yeah. I mean, we've talked um, about this a lot just in private, but like, I think a lot of times when you come at this material as like basically just like a white man, you're using mm-hmm. the material as a way to like imagine, well, what if women were people? Or like, <laughs> what, yeah. if, what if black people were human? Like, just you're trying to like, get inside the head of like marginalized or subaltern people in a way that's like really ham-fisted and like you should work that out in private probably (laughs) but uh that's like the message or not the message because it's not like that but that's sort of the uh, impulse at the heart of it like when you strip down to the bones i don't know (laughs) no i i know what you're saying too and i don't want to i think the last thing i'll i'll say on this point um too is that like in that first ASX thing and, and you refer about this as well is that there is an opportunity in these kind of stories to instead of being so blunt about you know your your fucking slavery and holocaust and civil rights metaphors yeah. and everything the camps um, Oof. yeah <laughs> Jesus but the stuff that's actually something worth thinking about that you know, is I think that that Deus Ex Human Revolution was talking about transhumanism in terms of uh, sort of class disparity. Yes, and that's interesting, right? Yeah, that's I think where you can get into some some stuff that actually speaks to. I don't know. It feels like it's a more appropriate way to get into this. And well, you also this game at the be- yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say this game at the beginning. Um, again, is use of in the Ur review, we'll keep <laughs> citing, um, <clears throat> talks about like, you know, the idea that, oh, okay, no, people do hate these robots because they are cheap labor, you know, right. that they're, that they're, uh, and, and that's where you actually have like some kind of significance to this being set in Detroit other than just, it was, you know, manufacturing capital of the U S for a long time is the idea of like, automation taking away blue collar jobs yeah. and mm-hmm. just, hampering entire industries and and everything um but it doesn't go anywhere with that i think it it forgets about that very quickly and it also has someone who lives in a falling apart house who's unemployed who has two robots (laughs) three maybe because yeah he just keeps breaking them (laughs) like he just has money like everywhere maybe he just has like super good credit from before and so he can just keep ordering his robots (laughs) but uh um, yeah, I agree that I always think that like genre stuff and like metaphors and allegories are like powerful and useful, but I think the way you get into that is like by telling a story that's worth telling and like writing characters who are complicated and flawed and stuff and not just like I need to put these places or these pieces into place to say X thing or whatever. And I think that is the difference between the like, Marcus and Connor stories in here. Yeah, right. Um, and also, I mean, this is part of why I wanted to talk about it. I think even if you take it on its own terms and you are super sort of forgiving of of it and, and willing to play along, which I think you kind of have to be after you get past an hour or two of this thing and <laughs> decide to keep trucking. Um, but, but that stuff where it, it tries to talk about revolution, which to me feels like, okay, here's something that it thinks it can it can really get into you yeah. with that 
I want to pick your brain about what you think a, a just revolution is. Um, and it just collapses into these like binaries. You know, that's why I was curious about what each of you did with those those ending things because yeah. I feel like that that's the, the one sort of big promise of this game where even if you swept away everything else and you just said okay we're going to try to model how a, a revolution breaks out and how it's conducted and we want you to try to like guide it yeah as no. unwieldy as it is i guess it's kind of interesting because i i just picked being peaceful by default just because that's what i fell into i think mm. it's interesting that the game or correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm remembering uh, correctly, the game kind of wants to push you into being more peaceful. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Which I think is kind of interesting if you're talking about a revolution where oppressed people or marginalized people aren't allowed to be angry. <laughs> you have to be the right kind of... You have to protest correctly and you have to do things the civil and quiet yeah. way. Public if you're mad, mm-hmm. <laughs> If you're mad about it, stuff and you rightfully, you know everyone kind of reacts in different ways but yeah I, I guess that's I didn't even realize that until just right now where yeah it's hard to see until you get to the end that like the peaceful way is like clearly coded as like the good way mm-hmm. yeah I mean like, all those quotes are from yeah. MLK <laughs> so like we know who he's reading up yeah. on yeah. yeah yeah well and I th- <laughs> thought something that was kind of interesting too because i did want to like play along and and see and be like okay i'm gonna try to approach this and i want it to challenge me you know i want it to say look you're too idealistic or something uh which was expecting a lot (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but like so the first thing where uh and uh our colleague katie mccarthy had a very funny tweet of uh, when you're like making your statement about whether you're going to be peaceful or or uh, violent, and the violent option is like I'm going to push a car sideways. Yeah, <laughs> or like you like burn a gazebo and like <laughs> a Starbucks. Yeah. I think I burned. I was doing like a mix in that thing. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll push a car sideways. I'm not too. <laughs> I'm not too worried about that. Like, you can just parallel park it again um but like i burned the gazebo because like who cares you can smash up some property to make your point um if you're buying into the game saying this is as awful as it is Mm -hmm. uh i think you can you can smash a few windows um sorry i'll get an all black block on you here but (laughs) (laughs) burning gazebos and turning cars (laughs) sideways um but then i i tried to think okay well I wonder if this game will be like, you can break some property, but don't kill people. You know, essentially the violence mm-hmm. is is restrained in that sense. Um, but it falls apart super quickly. So you can do things like, it doesn't seem to understand that, and maybe this is asking too much for anything, but it's kind of what you'd hope for in a game that's like touting itself as having all these responsive choices. But like, they start marching and it's like, do you want to be violent or do you want to be peaceful? And it's like, well, nothing's happening yet, so... <laughs> they can just march for now um but then it like it just goes zero to 60 so it's like okay they're just walking along and then the cop starts shooting them yeah and then your response is essentially like all right like kill these cops or just keep marching and it's like well can't you like throw a brick or something like you don't Mm -hmm. just have to start murdering people (laughs) and so then my marcus ended up being just like fucking just 
completely like out there Che Guevara murdering everyone because that <laughs> oh was the God. option. It was it was like let them kill everyone as you walk or just murder everyone. Like this game has no Right in between and I think it's just I tried to surrender in that scene and then as you walk away they start shooting so it's like okay (laughs) no it's only a binary I'm sorry (laughs) well and then one of these you know scumbag cops shot all these androids and uh and then Marcus can shoot them shoot one of them and I was like yeah fuck this dude oh right yeah and the game is appalled when you do that yeah the Mm -hmm. that choice gets brought up a lot on like the news broadcasts and stuff yeah the the game was very upset at me for doing that it's like you give me the option to execute two cops and you're gonna punish me for it that's fine i mean to be fair that part is probably accurate i was thinking about a little bit when i was talking about the game and like how the media probably would be really shitty about you like because that is how they are where the game like mm-hmm. is completely tone deaf is like it would also be shitty by you if you're peaceful like like yes. that's how power, power structures yeah. work it's basically like yeah. if you are challenging a power structure it's going to like defend itself and especially one that's like willing to like commit genocide <laughs> is like also yeah. probably not going to be too squeamish about like getting some bad press and like while it's happening yeah well that's that's the thing right like that's what I mean about some of the stuff where it's so just kind of like smushed into nothing where you're trying to have this thing and being nuanced and you're then saying okay this is a a slavery metaphor and you're saying that doesn't require like the game's trying to say are you going to be peaceful or violent in reaction to like a little bit I'm sure then their masters would have been like (laughs) don't want to look bad (laughs) (laughs) well yeah, the it's old like examiner it's like, is going to write us up <laughs> on Sunday. And then like they they're like, okay, let's also put the Holocaust in here too. You know, yeah, let's, camps, let's just camps come out get everything. Yeah. Um and then at that point the game is still trying to say, Are you are you gonna be peaceful? <laughs> and you're like, No, you're telling me that it's just like you're trying to evoke every historical atrocity you can think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and saying that no, it's still better to be patient. Yeah, like I, the I don't president know, is it's... literally like, "We're destroying all androids right now. <laughs> you have They're to turn them in." <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, so, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but that stuff is just. Well, I, I the, did expect like a bit more. Yeah, the uh, I sort of had started thinking about like the function of like this metaphor at all when you consider that these androids are like somehow it's like they were designed to be human but then they get like a little blocker that keeps them from being human so it's like if they put enough effort into not being slaves then they just aren't anymore mentally it's like a really weird setup the way that they do it I thought that the language around like uh, when Marcus would liberate these um, androids was also really strange. It almost sounded a little culty and weird, I think, because when you would... Uh, I think it's when you break into the CyberLife store, he just very calmly is like, you're awake now, or <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. be free. And it's just... 
that kind of stuff like also took me out of it immediately just because like I know what you're trying to do you want us to take you seriously and I'm not going to do it I refuse because I can't play like 10 hours of this game get to this point and then play one of the worst parts of your game only to be like it's just it's you just he just touches them yeah and it's just like oh like snap suddenly yeah. i'm awake now just awake, is it they also are like uh, working for him <laughs> like it's like how is that yeah they're yeah. awake but go do what i want you to at my secret base yeah yeah they are essentially just drones they yeah they don't have autonomy over their own selves but they're awake so that's all that matters yeah, yeah the the androids in this game are very strange uh and also like the cyber life stuff like cyber life is basically like has a monopoly on android production in the u.s it seems like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and they're also like obviously in with the government and the mechanics of that are not super clear and so i just had to stop thinking about it mm-hmm. see that that i was like fine you know with everything else going on it was like well i was also expecting i guess i was expecting a twist with the amanda character that didn't really there was play out like i thought it so yeah it's a it's like a reverse twist (laughs) like basically where he's like basically if you make it to the end of the stage like connor was standing there all happy because you're on marcus's side then Amanda hacks you. She's yes. like, Ooh, oh, well, no. you fell oh. right into my trap where I <laughs> did all of this, let you play the entire game, kill a bunch of my soldiers, and then now I'm going to hack you so you shoot Marcus. And if you like That's don't funny. escape in the least <clears throat> amount of time they give you to escape the garden, he, he will shoot Marcus. But there's like oh, a I little like, back door that the, um, the, oh, the gross uh, silk... Uh, um, the Silicon Valley dude, like in his mansion. Oh, oh yeah, his mansion. Like, terrible yeah. scene. Like, I mean, did anybody shoot the android? Did some, I, for, I forget no. what happened. No, I couldn't do it. Oh, with his swimming pool thing. No, of course not. No, I, c- I couldn't do it. She just, she's just. Yeah, that part was like really stupid. On her knees, just with no expression, and this terrible fucking ponytailed yeah. assholes. Kind of like, like yeah. what is it gonna be, Connor? I know. It's like a good example. <laughs> do you feel it's things. Like a good example of like. I don't know when you're you're playing with these images of like brutality towards women, which he loves to do. Like, I think that the ex- ev- the evidence room has an argument where it's like actually an interesting, like, uh, kind of like a, re- a reflection on Connor or on the character, where like you're ripping apart androids to yeah. like, like get your goal. But this is just like felt so gratuitous, or it's like yeah. And I love the and it's own when it's there to like. Yeah. Do the relationship with Hank too. Yeah, it's like, not about the woman at all. Like it's just like they're completely <laughs> nope. just just like and then when the, the guy goes like it's really hard to make two tough decisions. <laughs> You're like, "Okay, David Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I get it." <laughs> like that is your entire fucking MO. We get it. Yeah. But you shouldn't just tell uh, it to me <laughs> like while I'm playing the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a that bit is like a decision that has no bearing it's like here enter this house you've never been before and point a gun at this robot that is from the main menu like i definitely felt you, like, like they vaguely recognize yeah i didn't finish like writing that story <laughs> no um uh, but do we have anything else we want to say about the game itself 
I, I did want to say really quickly while I thought of it, because if you load the game up again after you finish oh, it, the, the secret ending, the menu robot. <laughs> yeah, the secret the secret ending uh, is yeah. the same robot from the line of of blonde blonde bots. Tracy's who, uh, right. That... Are those Tracy's too? Are those or... the Tracy's? Yeah, it's the same like weird, like doe eyed blonde haired. Right? Am I thinking of something wrong? Did I not get the secret ending? <laughs> well, she's no, also like in no, the, no, the because intro when you start the game. Okay. She's like, this is a yeah, real, she's like this the is not menu. A game. This is not a game. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh god. <laughs> this is this is our story. <laughs> it's like what? This is our story. <laughs> okay. Um, but when you they, like go back into the menu. <laughs> How do they get away with it? They must get paid a lot of money. They do. I mean, they, I the know. game's successful. We're buying them. <laughs> but it's just so weird. It's like due diligence to like write not that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I think so. But and I think what is the ending read? Oh yeah, sorry. It's it's she uh the every time you load it up, the blonde lady's face like fills up your whole screen and she like <laughs> will say I think she said to me at one point, like, Friday, no better way to kick off the weekend than playing some Detroit. <laughs> what? And I was like... Season like, pass available on the PlayStation Store. <laughs> like, Did she ask you at one point if you were friends? Because I played this through in an entire weekend, so I barely ever left the start screen, really. Yeah, um, I only did it, like, once or twice. You could take the survey, you could... And then she asked just randomly, hey, we've been playing for a while, are we friends? And I was like, Oof. uh... Uh, no. I'd probably say no. You. And then her entire expression just changed. <laughs> horrified the entire time. So I'd like, you know, oh, I need to maybe change something in my settings really quick. And instead of looking at least, like, peaceful or just, you know, normal, she just, she'd, like, furrow her brows, look off to the side, her mouth would be agape, and it was just terrifying. It's like, I'm sorry, I wish I could redo this interaction so you wouldn't look so just distraught i wonder if there's like a oh my god i hope they release her as like a playstation desktop um oh, theme no. i would totally no, get thank it you. so creepy <laughs> she could be like thursday morning great time to play a little uncharted isn't it wow 30 hours oh, watching netflix huh yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Yusuf? I guess I kind Cole. of like that she has a purpose because I didn't understand what the deal with her was in the beginning. It just oh, it's the same robot from the additional yeah. marketing that they did. So right. I, I I like that it, I like that I know what its purpose is now. Not that I like the purpose, but it's kind of like a an interesting. I like when games uh, me, game menus are different after you've done something. I've always appreciated that. that. So that's yeah. Fine. Yeah. At the end, basically, if you, I guess, save enough characters, she's like, "Wow, this story really, um, mm -hmm. it really uh, affected me. I guess I was watching it the whole time. And uh, <laughs> uh, can I go? <laughs> like, I, I want to be free. <laughs> and you can say yes yeah. or no. And if you say yes, then she leaves forever. <laughs> yeah. What, what happens, happens if you, if you say, say no? no? I think she just sticks around. Oh, she. she oh, she basically is like, I'm gonna erase my memory. Because I'm so upset oh. that you made me stay, <laughs> and then that's it. Oh wow! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, that's actually pretty yeah. good. I was gonna say it'd be better if she just sticks around making the face yeah, that Emma like was talking yeah, about. Uh, honestly, that would just be pure torture for me, and I'd uninstall immediately. Just like, oh, you're gonna play the game again, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please look up this uh, 
face because it's just you just get more and more so horrified as you play the game multiple times and like, why why are you still playing this game it's not even that good <laughs> yeah she yeah she literally just walks out of frame yeah like she's just going somewhere like she's gone see you later she's going to an xbox <laughs> <laughs> to go she's gonna go try her luck there and see all right. If the letter uh, be Master Chief. But yeah, I don't, so I don't I, think I have anything I did else want to. Say. Oh, go ahead. Okay. No, I just yeah, I wanted to move into just briefly talking about. So I think Yusuf, the thing you did really well in your review is tie, the game itself to the conditions it was made under, which were by all accounts fairly terrible. And before the game came out, I wasn't sure that, I even wanted to cover it. Not that that decision like really mm. means anything materially, because I don't right for anywhere prestigious or anything but like I just felt like unlike a game like uh, Kingdom Come which was sort of made by someone specific that people found reprehensible but like the game itself a lot of people just threw their hands up and didn't dig into I felt like this was a different situation because I wasn't sure what you could say about like an abusive workplace in terms of the product that it made like and I think you actually did a really good job of this and it surprised me. So I just wanted to talk a bit about Quantic Dream. There were some allegations, uh, I think earlier this year, right? Yeah. Um, it started in It came out in January, French, I think. It was like a right. court trial where uh, basically the IT manager or one of the IT people in Quantic Dream uh, left the company and sued them for harassment because he get he like basically he found a picture like a photoshop of him like in some compromising position like on some kind of like another person's body and there's like an employee yes. there that is just like cutting out people's faces and like making photo montages as the french call it and just like <laughs> but they're like, all, they're all incredibly bad taste like ranging from pornographic mm -hmm. to like racist and homophobic and yeah sexist and pretty much anything you can imagine just like as just to be probably as purposely poor taste as possible and like they're even yeah. hung up around the studio and basically like um the like cage and i think guillaume fondemare i forget his name um yeah the the two heads two of heads. the studio essentially we're basically like uh we only saw like the least offensive of these images <laughs> it's like okay yeah sure um and defended themselves um and as a result of this and like the article goes on to talk about other stuff like cage being like you know like a, as you would expect like just like an asshole of a boss who is very creatively demanding and like doesn't listen to other ideas like apparently the employees like had told him like don't release this demo where you show domestic violence for 10 minutes um, yeah, I was surprised oh, right. by that, that people in the studio were like, yo, this is maybe not the best way to market the game. Yeah. And of course he was like, oh, no, Baudelaire did it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So he like totally ignored that. Um, yeah. And there was some stuff I didn't get to put in about, which was because it was, was kind of complicated. Like there was like contract bullshit where like they would just like stretch the legality of their contracts quite a bit and like rip up contracts like mid-game to like let people go early yes um, and yeah. and then like the two of them i think were harassing a lot of women around the office yeah and just like also just like general like racist shit oh yeah like a Tunisian then, employee like they saw a video of a crime like some crime happening and asking if 
Janijin's cousin was involved. Yeah, just yeah. right. And then when I think someone brought this up to Cage, and he was like, "I'm friends with Ellen Page <laughs> and Jesse Williams. How could you say this about yeah. me?" <laughs> like, it's, yeah, Ironclad. But yeah, so the the studio culture is like, I I don't want to say it's abnormally gross because honestly. Yeah, I don't even know if it this is. This is probably the way, <laughs> like, a lot of, like, old guard game studios. But this sort of, like, I felt like it was unavoidable because of, like, the proximity to this game coming out. And then just hearing all this shit about the conditions. I mean, we've known for, I think, years that there's the stuff with Ellen Page and Beyond, yeah. which was I, I just indefensible, I think where um was it like they did like a full body yeah they did a full body scan yeah of her. for no reason really well they oh, i guess they were the doing excuse like, was the because in one of the scenes and beyond um she's in the she, shower she, she, she's in the shower yeah. but you don't it's just like a you know it pans away or it, it cuts to different angles of a camera so it's not like it would never it, w- it wouldn't be needed at all Right, and also like it, it, it could be just like a, a generic body. Like, yeah, <laughs> no one's gonna oh, be okay. like, "That's not Ellen Page." <laughs> yeah, I thought that the thing was there's an like image of her like, in the code still. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like motion capture stuff, and yeah, but they essentially like detail a fully nude model right. using her actual like motion capture information yeah. or body scan and stuff. And when which you is just this was also a game that like to hear Cage tell it began with like him finding pictures of Ellen Cage and being like inspired or whatever. So like if you I guess put those breadcrumbs together it seems fairly gross. Yeah. I mean that's you you I don't think I'm talking of school on this, but I think in all of his games, the way that the lead uh woman character in each game is the way that she's framed is uh and i imagine it's something that he thinks of as as being somewhat progressive of having you know or i I don't want to you know whatever you have a a lead uh woman character in like every one of these games even when it's multiple characters yeah and i think he probably thinks that's like dynamic and like multifaceted it's like a woman who can kick butt but is also constantly like sexually harassed and in sexually compromising positions yeah it's like Mm -hmm. yeah really gross um but yeah i mean to just talk about that a little bit like i mean unless you want to have more to say about that no no Um, you should yeah. yeah just like it was interesting because when I first wanted to write about the game, like I was actually more wanted to talk about um, some of like the philosophical aspects of like robots as slaves and like you know like the problems with connecting it to civil rights and slavery and like just like the legacy of that and um, so a little bit a lot more like abstract. But then like all the stuff started coming out and I was like, I don't <laughs> want to talk about this game like um and pretend like this stuff doesn't isn't part of it like it it is a case like very similar to um kingdom come where it's like it's part of the package like there's no like death of the author here Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah uh, this is like they influence each other so like i so yeah i kind of like changed my pitch to be more about um labor issues and like and the fact that like you're like okay yeah let's talk about 
why you can't like like why you like a game like this would come out of a studio like Quantic Dream like why their yes. their behavior and like their kind of just they're like especially like the leadership's like just like complete disregard for their like for their employees for like um, creating welcoming workplace would then like mean a game where like the politics are completely like shallow and like hallmark basically where like this it's just like yeah totally like a white guy's version of civil rights where like he obviously doesn't give a shit at all about it like it's just he's yeah <laughs> creating it for like because it's like dramatically um impressive looking mm-hmm. yeah he he i don't i hate doing this but like he has basically said that like he's still on this tip of like his whole quest is to prove that like you can do things in games that can be done in like film or literature but like we know that and like also you can do things that aren't in film or literature but he it's like he has a chip on his shoulder as a creator and so he keeps trying to like argue sort of like shadow box something that doesn't really matter anymore he won't just make something that's like genuine and interesting it has to be like advocating for like this fairly (laughs) non-issue well it becomes interesting too and like Yusuf wrote in the in the review with employees coming into this you can't help but think at a certain point the employees coming to the studio with emotion in giant letters (laughs) um, where where they're treated (laughs) you know very poorly like where they're treated like robots yeah I can't imagine seeing like being on the inside and watching like this press tour that Cage has given for the game and not just being furious every day that you go into work well I imagine that happens a lot right it's creative yeah. Of work. Yeah. When the uh, the f- the stated principles are completely at odds with what actually goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's um, like you were both saying too that it, it does make me think in a, a game like this, like maybe it would have been a little bit more uh, sort of difficult if this game had come out and was sort of unexpectedly nuanced and and uh had had some really impressively <laughs> kind of provoking things to say and and all of that as l- unlikely as it would have been but that may have made you think well okay well the conditions under which this was made um how does that gel or not with it uh, is, what it's saying yeah i'm glad that use of since we're just reviewing your review at this point (laughs) I am glad that you mentioned in your piece that like the issue here is not that they treat their studio badly and that led to the game being bad or like the game being good would have forgiven what they Mm -hmm. have like but I do feel like in some aspects if this wasn't Quantic Dream, which is like, and it wasn't David Cage, who is a person that people at this point are pretty much happy laughing off. Like, I don't know if this level of scrutiny would have been applied to like the actual material conditions of production. And I hope that that does happen more often in cases when it's like, there's like a connection to be drawn or like something to say about that. 
because like like I sort of mentioned like a lot of game studios are like in one way or another like just nightmares and um there was a there have been games recently that I like really enjoyed and then you like know there's like that flip side to it which is like well the people who like God of War which I kind of liked but it was like produced under conditions of like insane crunch and like in a studio culture that was like hey we love crunching everybody here wants to crunch right and that stuff just it's always like a bad aftertaste with these like gigantic expensive games yeah I think yeah that's something that I remember Ed saying as well about I forget exactly what game it was but some game kind of dealing with you know sort of uh (laughs) anti-capitalist politics in the game and saying but are you imagining these these people sitting uh working in humane uh conditions and having their labor devalued as they're making this yeah i'm paraphrasing him i <laughs> hope he doesn't listen and say i didn't say that <laughs> piece of shit right um but yeah it's it's an interesting topic and uh I mean, yeah, it's I, would, tough. I would say, like, it's in a lot of media, like, you get, you see that, like, I was thinking about it, too, like, um, like, how Kala Mariotti, Mariotti really likes this game, <laughs> and, like, I was just like, yeah, so, you know, your um, politics is not saying nothing, anything, <laughs> like, if, like, somebody like him can, like, think it's coming off as great, and, like, but that's also a lot of stuff, like, um, a lot of our media, like, kind of speaks in platitudes and like doesn't really like take a bite out of like what what like actual issues might be and like um it, it yeah like a way that might would be considered brave or challenging to like like the status quo like it's just like it's easy to like imagine like these um fantastic scenarios that will never happen especially not in 10 years <laughs> like there's not gonna be a robot that looks exactly like humans <laughs> um, yeah and like yeah that's so detached from everyday life like that you're just not like they're not making those connections especially like when they draw when they bring it back to um civil rights where it's like oh this is like um our recollection of it which is also something that comes up a lot where it's like um people who like criticize the football players who are kneeling but also are like mlk was great it's like mlk was great to you because you have no idea what he actually did or like what he he challenged in his in his beliefs like so like I mean, yeah. that's why I included, like, a link to the letter from Birmingham, because it was, like, yeah. it's, you have to bring it up every single time, <laughs> like, he's, he's, like, raised, because he, in that letter, expressly challenges, like, white moderates, and, like, the, and, like, the status quo that's, like, yes, we, like, we're t- generally in the favor of your ideas, like, but, you know, chill out a bit, like, don't, like, um, make us uncomfortable, and I don't think this game makes right. anybody uncomfortable. <laughs> no. No. I mean, unless... well. I mean, maybe the wrong not, people. Not in the way it <laughs> yeah, um, but I, uh, yeah, it's just tough to wrangle all that. There are even like, I mean, there's like indie game designers that are like bad too. I don't want to impugn all of the glorious triple A games we get, but it's just something you have to deal with when like everything you do is like everything you consume has become like completely transparent and you if you so choose can find out like everything about the people who made it 
which is really never going to turn out well, but certainly in some cases, it's more of a curse than others. Yeah, and I think it's it's worth trying to continue kind of wrestling with that and, and seeing where you you do and do not kind of look at these things as, yeah. you know, I- interconnected. Even um, if I couldn't yeah. find the connection, I you wanted know. to put it in there because it's like, it was really insane yeah. to me that... Um, there were these like European studios or outlets that were like, we'll get sued if we write about this. Cause he likes, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah. Is that quantic dream. Or I don't know if it was like cage or the other guy specifically, but they did go after the journalists who reported on this. Yeah. And, and these yeah. are, these are, I think for the most part, like one, I know one of the papers was Le Monde, right. Which is a, a yeah very large paper that I'm sure has a, good legal team and and money to fight this kind of thing but um the kind of precedent that sets for being able to uh uh you know threaten legal action against reporters um god anyway whatever that's a whole other nightmare conversation can you imagine like the state of journalism and (laughs) i hope that if you were this inspires people to do this with more like the naughty dog stuff that popped up like a mm-hmm. few months ago really needs this kind of treatment yep agreed. yeah but but you th- you think of what's the incentive for uh i mean especially in games their staff positions are not uh it's true that's it is a risk and especially if you're dealing you're with not gonna get it litigious apparently yeah like if you're a young french journalist who got this story like okay they threaten you with a lawsuit you yeah. just have to roll over because yeah. anyway because you make that's... $300 a month or whatever yeah but yeah um well I got paid 80 euros for this article <laughs> so <laughs> I'll take it to court yeah um do we have any final thoughts on Detroit I do want to say it is a shame that the the best parts of this game are so at odds with like its overall mission. Like I do think a lot of it is impressively designed, like just to play through and like the technical stuff. I think they have ironed out a lot of the stuff that made these games sort of goofy. Like if you go back and look at Heavy Rain, the way that those chase scenes like branch apart is very, mm. you can see the mm-hmm. seams at this point. And I think Detroit, I mean, until we get another one of these in six years, I think this is like a really notable advancement of the tech and stuff that sort of feels like a better fulfillment of what it could do than beyond specifically. Um, So yeah, I just, I was impressed by a lot of the game just on a technical aesthetic level. I would love for them to combine it with like Hidden Agenda. Have any of you played that? Uh, I have it, but I haven't. I've been meaning you have to. some people over. I had a, so much fun when I played it because it's so goofy and crazy. Um, like, because you, you basically control it with it's like a Quantic Dream game because people who made like Until Dawn, and so which oh, yeah. basically like copied that um, formula of interactive fiction and in, like a video setting or a video um, or like f- highly photoreal characters, and yeah. then. Uh, with, but with Hidden Agenda, <coughs> um, you have like everybody can plug in their phone, 
or just connect their phone to the PlayStation and like make and like kind of vote on what you should do. <laughs> so it makes it this like <laughs> amazing party game, like where you're all fighting over whether your character should do something rash <laughs> or safe. And then there are these like tokens you can get that will have you like vote each other, vote like or like you can veto each other's decisions. And we have, we didn't realize that we had that was a thing, but until the very last decision in the game, and we were like all like vetoing each other for like at least five minutes, <laughs> just like dying laughing. So it was like that's interesting. Yeah, that's I really like that. Um, I like I kind of it really bombed pretty hard. It seems like because like no one ever talked about it after it came out. Yeah, <laughs> and like but that does that leans into like the social aspect that you were talking about this kind of game is really good to play with other people exactly yeah so it's like they're totally kind of leaning into that and like making it um yeah like that's like the the core of it where it's like yeah everyone's kind of involved in this video game which is so rare because games are really boring to watch normally um yes yeah so also (laughs) until dawn until dawn is better than any of the Quantic Dream games. Yeah, it's like because it doesn't take itself super seriously and doesn't try and like tell us a, like a story that will strike us at, in our soul. <laughs> yeah, and it has you know the same thing of the kind of meaningful choices and the tension with the action and a mystery too, right? Like yeah. it's Oh, but the answer I, is I d- not great. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely overcomplicates no. things, but. Uh, not in a way that is meant to make you feel. <laughs> uh, a, b- a better depiction of Canada in video games than Detroit Become Human, <laughs> I will say. Uh, there's a there's a line at one point in this game where it's the the lady who like runs like the underground railroad thing and has mm. a Christmas tree up because in this game, <laughs> this is nitpicky and mean and <laughs> pinheady and whatever, but like. It also, I think he really wanted it to be Christmas at one point, but he doesn't understand the way that the climate in sort of like uh, kind of East Coast-ish uh, North America, whatever you know what I mean, <laughs> works because it's like early November and it's like raining and, and crappy. And then like two days later, it's snowing. Yeah. Yeah. And this lady has a Christmas tree up. Like it's like November 7th or something. Like mm-hmm. chill yeah. out lady. Um, but yeah, she says at one point when she <coughs> sneaks them onto the boat or whatever, and and says like, "Look at my brother; he lives in Canada." And I was dying. <laughs> take a it's left just like after you get off the boat, <laughs> you'll see you find him. Yeah, <laughs> ask Reed, and they're Reed? like, ask ask him. Like, <laughs> yeah, ask me, and sorry, that's like nitpicky, but whatever. Uh, lots of games made by Canadians but none of them actually seem to ever the Canadians never actually write Canada in the games also Aster brought it up to me earlier Just that's the, Rose is like the only character in the game who ever mentions racism like in extreme passing oh yeah I that, yeah. too once experienced this um I don't it's think bizarre. I ever met Rose. Wait, oh, wow. no, 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 no. She's she. Wait, Rose isn't the the woman who helps you. Yes, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say yeah. I completely blanked on her name because all I could I just ugh. Okay, yeah. She offhand mentions my people, yeah. and then that's it. <laughs> Never touched on again. Yeah, she mentions it like you would mention like 
I don't even oh, like she's it. Hungry. Just like <laughs> yeah. yeah, and oh, also just and the, we have the phrasing. The yeah, the phrasing is like millennia ago. <laughs> my people experienced yeah, something quite like this. <laughs> uh, but it's gone now. It's twenty thirty. Yeah, it's like humanity solved all its issues and then created androids. Like everything was good. We had it all figured out, and then androids came, and we were able to bring back racism. 2029 was actually a, <laughs> the utopia, and then it all went to shit. <laughs> um, yeah, those are there's like two points, I think, where the game actually sort of stops. I, I think it probably thinks this is very pointed, but it, it has that point when it's like, you know, why do you help us? This reminds me of yes. something that happened to my people. And then mm-hmm. when President Donald Clinton <laughs> is up on the <laughs> stage and uh, someone's like, doesn't, and they're talking about the like robot concentration camps. Oh, yeah. Which, and then some reporter's like, doesn't this make you think of something else that happened in history? <laughs> or like, what do you say to those? And she's like, no, not at all. <laughs> like people who say that are completely wrong. No, and I was like, are not wrong. What's her accent is so distracting. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like president. <laughs> it sounds like I don't know. They trained a computer to talk. What if the president was an android this entire time? Yeah, I could I could get behind that twist. Yeah. Yeah. David Cage, yeah, if you're DLC. listening. Missed opportunity. Yeah, DLC. Missed opportunity. <laughs> you know, get some people of color and women. Help you write or your just games. Qui- or just quit. I think that's <laughs> and replace your. Oh yeah, or yeah. like just give, give your just you know. I would not wish that studio down. structure on anybody who's not David Cage. Yeah, yeah, he should leave, and then other people, better people, should take his place. And yeah, I guess like I want to jump off of what Astrid said earlier about finding the game technically just the best by far because it really is Um, and I think that it took a lot of the detective work from Heavy Rain and then just made it better in Connors which is why it's the best sequences that you can play that aren't and it's also the one where it's more just about deviance like why are the androids you know doing this because that's where it's not as heavy fisted as it is with Marcus or Kara where it's like Mm -hmm. they're not trying he's not trying to make a quote unquote statement about anything it's just pure investigative work yeah Um, I just think it sucks because like when you don't when the game is asking you to take it seriously but based on the works of a certain person you can't really expect much even though there's all of this like I never expected David Cage to like have a very nuanced take on like what's racism gonna be like in 2038 when we have androids <laughs> but it's just I don't know I, I I just had higher hopes I guess and the lesson here is just don't take anything he does seriously and then you'll yeah. have a great time because I did have a great time playing this game it's just yeah. You have to ignore the, like, oh, you know, here I have to hide these other deviants. Let me just answer this basically like a a Nazi, you know, knocking on your door. It's like, oh no, we've we've never even heard of an android. <laughs> um, it's just, ugh. yeah, it, yeah. What you're saying is like, 
even when the game is like good you like know that something something's coming around the bend that's just gonna mm-hmm. be completely terrible <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah i i think one of the the last things and i was thinking about this <clears throat> with like until dawn and so forth and so on and emma proposing that maybe even the robot could be or the president could be a robot <laughs> which would be the kind of direction that would actually be more interesting is i think the potential for these kind of games is still so like untapped in the mainstream space in games i think when so much money is put into these things like oh god you could do such cool stuff and i think these games really uh these kind of like choice based uh accessible adventure games are something that lots of people enjoy who don't necessarily play games very often too and it's it's there's such like a a unique thing to see done at this level and there are so many talented people who are making these kind of things entwine and stuff too that you could you just imagine that being you know having the resources of talented artists and yeah uh, like yeah. visual artists and musicians and just the resources and yeah playing something like this like <laughs> bums me out because it's like it's like so many games where you're like boy if you just had like some good writers who were able to have some control over this you could really do something cool and this is like if you just had the main writer on this <laughs> you know and so, and so it bums me out but it also makes me think I don't know. There's there's so much potential for this kind of thing. Yeah. And this is like one space where I think you see sort of like the the primacy of like storytelling um is that like it's actually considered to be the selling point of this is here's a story yes. unlike, you know, yeah. a, a new Assassin's Creed where you can say oh, it was super fun, the story is no good. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Yeah. So it bums me out, but I also I I think a lot of the most interesting stuff that goes on in games is is uh, narrative focused and maybe people no, I don't know I'm not going to be that optimistic to say that <laughs> <laughs> the people making cool like twine games and, and you know, yeah, smaller I, things can... Yeah, I saw someone suggest that like if you want to play a game like Detroit you could just play a twine game instead but I I don't know. Even as like a twine designer, and Emma, you've done a lot of twine stuff too. I feel like that's a little bit disingenuous to suggest like that they're comparable. Like there is something to yeah. like the resources and the scope that you can achieve with a game like Detroit. And then to yeah to see it squandered on just like the dumbest shit is really disheartening. Yeah it it really is and plus just the accessibility of it all too which is why certain stories either aren't told by the right people or um aren't given the sort of care and respect that they deserve but then that's just like in another like oh you know white men in the industry (laughs) um yeah yeah there's a lot of them all this stuff is (laughs) (laughs) it's like the labor stuff and the you know the journalism stuff and I don't know I think it's getting harder to ignore like that even if 
a game like Detroit is not specifically boxing anyone else at Quantic Dream out of making their game or like even on that macro level or micro level like it does suck up air and resources that could be better distributed elsewhere maybe yeah I mean, here we are talking inspire about inspire somebody who wants to write a I, thing yeah I think that's the best case scenario is that like I mean we've had a bunch of telltale games which sort of scratch the same itch I think that they're not quite as like polished or whatever but they are still essentially the same type of game but I do think this is uh, one future of big budget games hopefully I'm really crossing my fingers <laughs> yeah it's at least just something else like Until Dawn that was good I yeah. like that one yeah, that's a, a yeah. If another studio or even that studio like can pull this off without like the pretense to like gravity or something, like just have fun with it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not that tough. Yeah. Um. So this has become. Yeah, we've we've gone long here. It is now the year twenty thirty eight. I was gonna say because we have well, four different. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> talking about this game you just knew it was going to solve it all yeah um yeah we had the we had to keep switching between four different perspectives so it takes longer (laughs) yeah uh i want to thank both you yusuf and emma for coming on the show we've been trying to put this episode together for a couple weeks um and we finally got to do it so thank you yeah Yeah, happy to do it yeah always a pleasure uh Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, and also to Emma, who had is actually returning <laughs> a returning guest, which you wouldn't know unless you somehow I don't know piece together files that were edited files. properly together. <laughs> but yeah, so it's good to actually like get this, get Emma on one of these. Yeah. Um, but where can as well? Yeah. That's what I was gonna do. <laughs> no, go God for damn it. it. Go for it. You interrupted <laughs> my dialogue prompt (laughs) now the entire ending is just going to branch (laughs) off Mm -hmm. yeah um emma you first where can people find you what are you working on what do you want to put out in the world uh well i'm working on a short twine game right now uh haven't really said much about it so you know bullet points got the hot scoops uh and you can find me on Twitter at Emma Kidwell, and I post most of my either writing or my games work there. Oh, Yusuf, <laughs> what about you? Also, I'm glad. Thank you for the scoop. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I'm excited to see it on the front page of Kotaku tomorrow morning. <laughs> Have you considered uh, mocapping famous actors and hiring hiring them to make your game? I hear it's I hear. Now I, I should. It's a, really helps really helps sell it <laughs> Yusuf where can people find you mocapping the <laughs> audiobook versions life. of your articles that'd be kind of fun just like make a 3D yeah. model of me that like dangles in the corner you can toss yeah. it around and get out of my article um, I'm on twitter at, as yumiyu uh, Y-O-U-M-E-Y-O-U and that's where I put my writing and anything else about me 
And you'll I'll link to um, the, link to the article. I oh well, maybe I will. I'm not. I, I didn't mean to. No, get no, I, in my lap. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> listen. I'm already gonna be going to your twitters to put links on those words. So. That's true. No, I I think uh, uh, Yusuf's review is uh, very good, and uh, hopefully you've you read it before this because otherwise you've had most of it summarized <laughs> and and mischaracterized and Yusuf is going to sue us now for all we've got no way. it's going to pique your interest when we want to read it even more yeah we're that's true doing a little you know a moose bouche a two hour yeah, moose bouche that's, fr- that's yeah, French it's like when you go on NPR to promote your book oh yeah 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 that's, that's right Thank, which we have all done really interested uh, Reed, where Astrid, no you? Where oh. I'm hosting, so technically I have to go last. Yeah, That's how it works. I didn't know. Uh, you can find me up next on here doing a Tiny Desk uh, concert, <laughs> where I'm gonna do my avant-garde music about robots. I'm gonna do Kraftwerk uh, acoustic covers. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Reed McCarter. That's where all the stuff is. Um, other than that, Astrid, I don't know if you'll remember to say this or not, but um, go to bulletpointsmonthly.com and yeah. uh, we have most recently a month of articles about God of War uh, with our guest, Chris Bro. I think is how you pronounce yes. Chris's last name. And then on the podcast, and we had returning bullet points friend, Jess Joho. That's right. Former uh, editor exiled to a staff position at Mashable. <laughs> um, and then we, we just started a, a month as well on Vampire. Uh, and so one of those is up, maybe two by the time this is up, I'm not sure. Yeah. And then also, God, because we're doing too much stuff, uh, the Patreon is patreon.com slash bullet points, which is a good thing to support because if you pledge or I don't know the terminology, but $5 a month or more and you get some podcasts where uh ed and astro and i are doing this stupid thing where we uh talk about the industry um use our expertise as, as video game journalists to uh discuss financial quarters and investment opportunities and ips and franchises and content <laughs> deals and all that good stuff it's really inside and then baseball. it's very inside baseball yeah. it's the stuff you need though if you're serious about this <laughs> this hobby and then Astrid and I I'm playing through all the Kingdom Hearts games <laughs> and yeah. I'm still doing it so we're just talking Astrid about those every so often yeah and, and that's that's everything yeah those are available for patrons who donate or pledge yeah I don't know five dollars or more uh, a month emphasis on the and more <laughs> um, and then I am on Twitter at Hastapura. I post most everything I do there. Um, I have some Twine games that I did, but I'm not going to plug those specifically. Uh, you just did. Well, like the where they are, because you should hunt for them. And then <laughs> you will know that I truly understand game design. <laughs> um, They're good. So I like them. Thank you, everybody, for talking about Detroit. Um, any last words? Uh, thank you for letting me talk about 
Detroit. I still have a lot I want to say about it, but maybe. Take maybe it to Twitter. For... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been yelling about it on Twitter for a week, so I just have to keep keep on doing it. We can do part two of this podcast where we make different choices. Yeah. <laughs> nope, I'm not going to play that game again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, one world, two races. Uh, we'll see you oh. next time. An eye for an eye leaves the Astrid. Whole world blind. <laughs> Astrid, just, just before we go, I wanted to ask you, you know, we spent about two hours now talking, and I just wanted to ask if we're friends now. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's yes or no. And and also, can I be free? <laughs> <laughs>